to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Laquita Fort. Extraordinary stories uh, pertaining to, um, I wouldn't say average people, but everyday people. Um, people that you walk past on the street, people that you maybe probably got into an altercation with on social media, but never actually got a chance to see them face to face. Nowadays, we base people off of face value opposed to actually getting an opportunity to know who they are and what makes them who they are and the uh, the essence of their being. And this podcast is basically get dedicated to not just informing myself, uh, but other people who are willing to listen and be informed that wherever you're going through or wherever you're headed, you're not by yourself. You'd be amazed to how many um, stories overlap um, your experience. Uh, but on this episode, uh, we'll be speaking to uh, Laquita Fort. Um, she is a local fitness trainer. Um, I've been seeing her going at it for the last couple of years. I've actually passed her in the gym. She's actually in there more than I am. And <laughs> and I used to, because um, I, I like to run, but as far as work out, I didn't really get into it until maybe a couple of years ago in college. Um, but what always amazes me about you is your consistency and your desire to just keep going. And I'm pretty certain there's a lot of barriers that have come your way. A lot of moments where you were probably thinking, hey, this is some some form of restriction. Oh, yeah. Whether, it, whether it's opposition coming from within or from other people. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be naysayers other than yourself. Always. <laughs> just always. haters. <laughs> um, you know, but you, they're necessary. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it becomes fuel. It does. Well, yeah. To a degree, um, but then once you know self, it's just like eh, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I hope y'all heard that. Um, <laughs> once you know self, once you're c- confident with who you are, yeah. it it changes your perspective. It does, and it wow, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's something that I recently did a couple of years ago, like mm-hmm. being comfortable with who I am. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, and it just it makes everything easier. It does. Uh, my life got a lot easier. <laughs> Not even like monetary wise, just like putting things in a spectrum. Like, is this really important? Like, should I go back and forth on Facebook with this person? Like, it's, it's not that deep. So, um, once I really got to know myself, it was a process in getting to that point. But once you get to that point, it's just like, okay, that's how you feel. Yeah. That's fine. Your feelings are valid. Like, and that's, and that's how I feel as well. When somebody says something and I get my point of view and then they retaliate with like a f- full paragraph. And I'm yeah. like, well, like that's your opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to go any further. Exactly. So There's no need. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to think the same way Hello. you feel. <laughs> and, that's, you know, people say, stop, want us to stop using the cliche, agree to disagree. But that's that's just that's what it is. What it, that's life, though. Yeah. Like you, it's seven point five billion people in the world. Like you're not going. It's not designed for us to uh, agree. Like that's why we have thoughts. 
Exactly. So, <laughs> you have an opinion, I have one. You know, we can agree to disagree and still be friends. Like, we're cool. And nowadays, some people think the contrary. They're like, well, no, if this is one thing that we can agree on, obviously it's going to um, define oh, our relationship uh, in, in this totality. And it, yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. Not at all. Like, we can agree to disagree on this aspect, and we can agree wholeheartedly on another one. So yeah. it's just like... You have to take people for who they are as well. Like, you have a choice in everything. If you want to deal with a person and you don't like a certain aspect of them, but you like, you know they're a good-hearted person, like, mm-hmm. boy, they're still a good person. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter, so I don't know. So, uh, well, as far as speaking, well, speaking of being who you are, yeah. and as far in reference to where you came from, mm-hmm. were you born here in, no. in Georgia? I was born in Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh, wow. Um, which is a military base. My dad was in the military. So mm-hmm. um, we stayed there for maybe a couple months after we were born. Me and my twin. I have a twin brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved to, my dad got stationed in Alaska. And then we moved to Alaska till I was about five or six. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's mom um was in Fort Benning, um, but she was on her deathbed then. I think I was like five or six. Um, so we moved there, and then she died. So we uh, came to Thompson, which I call my hometown because that's where I was raised. Yeah. Um, which is my mom's hometown. My dad is from Chicago. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, they met by way of the army. So, <laughs> yeah, we moved around quite a bit, but it was it was cool. But you've been here most of your life. Down oh yeah. South. Yeah, I, this is my hometown. Like. Even Augusta, I claim Augusta. Like, Thompson is where I was raised, but the yeah. whole area in itself is just, this is where I'm from. And that's how I feel. Um, because most of the time, as you know, growing up in Thompson, like, during the weekends, yeah. we didn't have that much At to all. do, not even during the week. Yeah. And uh, what took up most of your time is if you play sports. Yeah. And yeah, I know I a lot of people would say they go to the clubs. On Saturday, teen clubs, mm-hmm. and then when they got old enough, they would go to like twenty one and up. Yeah, and but this was the place to be. Yeah. Um, but depending on what you were looking for, what interests you, mm-hmm. you would find your place in you different pockets. It. Yeah. So that's the same way I feel yeah. about Augusta. So. Yeah, Thompson. Yeah, you know we didn't have nothing <laughs> down there. Um, so when I was younger, I always like, they always had me in sports, like literally me and my twin, mm-hmm. always in sports. Um, so on the weekends, you know, on the weekends, like coming to Augusta was like a trip. Oh, we get to go to Augusta? Okay, <laughs> we're going to the big city. We're moving up. Yeah. So you know, it was cool. Um, I would say like my childhood was a pretty normal. I don't know what normal is. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was. Um, I guess now that I look back on certain instances when I was younger, um, because I've always been like the chubby big girl of the group um, Mm -hmm. out of all my friends. Um, So, you know, prime example. So when the song, Hey Big Girl, What You Gonna Do? That was my song. (laughs) And all the people over there was the song. That was Queen's song. Um, And now that I look back at it, um, I I see how it affected me because back then I was like painfully shy yeah like to the point that i i didn't want to say nothing because i didn't want to give them another reason to pick on me but i didn't feel i didn't feel bullied mm-hmm. if you understand what i'm saying like they were family members friends or whatever i was yeah. just the chubby girl um 
But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I just always stayed in sports. Um, love softball. Softball is like my favorite, like my first love. <laughs> um, I played that all the way up through college. So it was cool. I uh, went on trips. Childhood was a-okay, I think. What position did you play? In softball. Softball. Like throughout my childhood and throughout high school, I always played outfield or third mm-hmm. base. But when I got to Tuskegee, um, I tried out for the team. I was the tallest one there. So they put me at first base. Mm. And it was a little intense, you know. That's that's for, that's funny because um, you remember Mark McGuire? I used to love him. How big he was. Yeah, he was huge. And I was I never knew he had a golden glove for being first baseman. Because he's really? known. Yeah, he, exactly. That. Yeah. That's cool. I used to love him. Um, Chip McGuire. What is that? Chip uh Oh, he used to play for the Bra- the Braves. Chip. Uh, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I used to love him. He was third base too. Uh, Chipper Jones. He was third, yeah, I think. He's, uh, what is the word? Um, Epidextrous. I heard it on the I heard it on another one. Epidextrous. Yes, yes. He was the first athlete that I knew that was like that. Yeah. And he used to freak me out because he was switched sides. And I'm like, dude, what you doing? But he was just as good on his left. I think his batting averages were the same. Yeah, because he could do both. Yeah. Like, equally, which was cool, which I always thought was amazing. So, I always loved softball. Of course, I played, I'm six feet, so... Of course, I played basketball, and mm-hmm. um, I did shot put and track uh, because I wanted to be, to be honest, when I got in high school, I just really wanted all that to be on my jacket when I, in 12th grade. So I was yeah. like, let me play all these sports. It's a nice so, look, though. So yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I got it. I was the only uh, girl in my class to play all, for, all my four years uh-huh. in any sport. Nice. Um, so I was like, go, Queen. <laughs> okay. Um, and especially with me being like, like I said, in every facet, like I was always the big girl. I was always the athletic big girl um, mm-hmm. in every group that I was in. So it felt good, you know. So yeah. At any point, did you get tired of that having that label? That overall, like that's being like the tallest, the yeah. biggest. Yeah. Well, when I was in high school, I got tired. I did get tired of it. Um, but it was a couple of girls. Um, who were younger than me, they were a little taller than me. They were about my stature. They may may have been a little taller. Mm-hmm. So that may, but we would, then we were just the click of big girls. <laughs> it went from one get big girl to the click. Like, but I did get tired of that label because um, it's just like, I'm just a girl that like to play sports. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the same time, I just accepted it because my family is, Bigger, like my twin is six three. My oldest brother is six nine. Um, so we were just a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just accepted it. You know. I tell uh, my fiance all the time. I just my dream height is six eight. Like I always wanted to be That's that tall. Feel. Yes. That's how you feel. Yes. You gotta feel that way. I wanted to be like my uncle would mock. My uncle was. I never knew how much he weighed, but he passed like a ninety seven. Um, car accident, and but he was quiet. Yeah. But every time he came in the room, he would do like this. <laughs> he would dip duck. Down. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like that was that's so cool to me. Like, wait, you showing out? Like, you ain't got to dip down. You know, you're not that tall. So, um, cool. but yeah, and I think in I think it was fifth grade, I started getting taller, mm-hmm. and and I stopped 
right before high school, and I always wanted to be taller. So, so you've always been this height since you were in high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, from what I understand. I mean, you're a good yeah. height, so it's not... But it's but six eight though. Six six eight is a little you know outrageous. <laughs> you don't or have to be that tall. Or to be or to be I think I think LeBron's six nine. He's, he's huge. And he's pushing almost three hundred. Yeah, he's like two seventy. Yeah. Two eighty, somewhere around there. He's huge. And, and can still move. Yeah. Like, and that's scary. That's scary. <laughs> like, that's just like the guys in um in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. I have a um, one of my clients. Um, his name AJ Harmon. He plays in an arena league. Mm-hmm. Huge. He's AJ is like six six three. Wow. You over three feet. <laughs> over three feet. So AJ, if you hear me, <laughs> but yeah, he over three fifty. So, um, but can still move. Yeah. Um, but can still move real good. So it's it's pretty cool, you know. And it's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny you said that because um, I I looked at some old clips of uh, Shaquille O'Neal when he was at LSU. Yeah. And I was like, man, he was a he was He's a, beast. a beast. Yeah. Like just huge, domineering. Like no one can stop him at all. And he yeah. and he ran the floor. And he ran the floor. Like yeah. first of all, it took three steps to get to the floor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fair. So it was cool. So um, what was um. But at some point, like I guess, what got you into into fitness? Mm. I want to say full time. I guess. Oh, so, I give you the shorter version of a long story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been interested in the body. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the body, like just how it works, um, learning the muscles, learning everything. So um, I took out like the health op classes um, in high school, all for my four years. So my freshman year when I went to Tuskegee, mm-hmm. my major was nursing, of course. Yeah. Um, but I quickly found out that wasn't for me when they told me to take somebody's blood. So <laughs> like, no, thank you. Like I'm think I'm good on that. So when I had to transfer to um, ASU, well, Augusta State, if you don't know what that is, uh, what was what is it now? Uh, Augusta University. Yeah. See, technically, yeah. I graduated from Georgia Regents University. They I did, kinda, too. They do the P. P Diddy. Like, they do their <laughs> name too much. Um, but, so when I had to transfer to Augusta State, I was like, maybe I should switch my major to something that I actually don't have to see blood. Like, yeah. technically, it doesn't. So, kinesiology um, was the closest that I could get to that, in which I found that um, I actually wanted to go the athletic training, PT route. But then uh, I was one of those that got into college and really didn't care about college. <laughs> so <laughs> once I got here, uh, of course, you know, the party scene and yeah. all that good stuff. So when I got here, I love I was still learning about the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I knew I wasn't going to go to PT school because I didn't have the grades. <laughs> I had to be realistic with myself. Um yeah. And I chose in that dumb state. Uh, I chose like partying and going out. Over, I would drop five classes and just, yeah, I'd, yeah, I dropped a lot. Too. Yeah, I would just drop classes just because. Yeah. After re- the refund hit, you know, you gotta get the <laughs> refund first. But um, so uh, I was in kinesiology. Uh, I got pregnant with my daughter in 2012 mm-hmm. um, while I was still in college, and then of course, in my young mind, I'm thinking that. 
I'm going to lose the weight. Like, no matter what I eat when I'm pregnant, I'm going to lose the weight. Like, Kim Kardashian, and I'm going to be <laughs> fine. And I'm going to be, like, that's what's in my mind. Yeah. So, I literally ate um, a chicken chicken sandwich meal from Zaxby's every day. Wow. Every day, every day of my pregnancy. So, um, my daughter will always say, like, all right, you're getting a little up there. <laughs> like, you know you don't want to call a pregnant woman fat, but yeah. they're like, all right, Buddha, what you doing? Um, and then... So, when I had her, uh, they actually had to induce me because I had, like, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So, when I had her and I realized that the 100 pounds were, like, that's, that's all me, bud. Like, oh, that's, wow. that's all on me. Uh, I might have lost five pounds when mm-hmm. I had my daughter. Uh, and normally, a lot of people say they lose, like, 20, 40 pounds when they had her. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't. And the first thing for me was, the indicator for me was, okay, I've always been athletic. I've always been smaller. Mm-hmm. Thicker but smaller um, in an athletic bill. So during my delivery, they actually had to. It took four people to pick up one of my legs because, of course, I'm numb from the waist down. So it took four nurses to pick up one of my legs and put it in the service. And I was like, something's not right here. Like, I don't, I don't know how, if I like that, how this feels. Like, yeah. So when I had her, um, the, de- the thing that got me into fitness, uh, like actually going to the gym, because as an athlete, you know, you always train in. You never really go in a physical, like, why or goals. Or you're always training. You're always conditioning. Mm-hmm. So I always had that. But I never went to the gym. Um, so when I had to, like, actually go to the gym, the day that made me do it. So I was sitting on the couch. My daughter had to be about four or five months old. And she was crying, of course, like babies do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to get up and get her a bottle. And literally, when I got up, um, out of the seat, like it felt like knives were in my in my knees, and like it felt like somebody stabbed me in my knees, um, and I literally fell back down, so I couldn't get back up mm. at that point because my body was it wasn't accustomed to having all that weight on it. Um, yeah. It was just heavy, and like uh, I started crying. Of course, went through the emotional thing, <laughs> um, and that was the day that I don't care. I started doing ten to fifteen minutes on the treadmill. That's mm. all I could do because of the pain. Um, I started doing that, and I was like, I'm just going to do this every day because either it was a choice in, either way, I'm going to hurt. So it it was a choice in knowing that I'm working towards, like, working this off, or I'm going to just hurt to sit down because I don't want to move. Yeah. So I just pushed through it. Like, I really had to push through it. So what made me get into fitness um, is... I did a lot of studying with the, like, my practicum, um, my internship I did with the Y. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did every department. Well, of course, the wellness department, but I was in every department. Um, and I trained, and I shadowed this trainer. Um, and I was like, well, I'm using, I'm learning all this stuff in school. And then I didn't want to pay a trainer at that point um, when I started working out, which was 2013. Mm-hmm. I didn't, well, first of all, I didn't have the money. <laughs> I'm still in college with a baby. Um, so I didn't have the money to pay a trainer. So I'm like, I'm in school learning this. Like, yeah. I could do this for myself. So everything I started learning in school about the muscles and how they work. And if you go this way and the overload principle and things of that nature. Everything I started learning, I just applied in my workout and applied in nutrition. And, you know, I'm here today. Uh, <laughs> not, not, and it wasn't that easy. Um, of course, you go through 
lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and that from January 2013 to today, uh, it's been a lot. In that time span, but of course, everything that has gone on has made me the person that I am today, and comfortable in my and being able to be comfortable enough in my skin to be like transparent with women. Yeah, because uh, I want I want women to be comfortable enough because I know what it feels like to always feel like you got to hide your body or hide. Oh, I don't want to see. I don't want him to see me jiggle, or I don't want him to see me eat because I don't want him to think I'm like yes human like it's just how we form you know so i just uh i enjoy being transparent now um for other women to see like it's okay like you don't have to be perfect yeah yeah i think uh one thing we made a good point just you talking about studying for what you're doing Mm -hmm. knowing the mechanics Mm -hmm. behind something that you love doing yes a lot of people don't do that they, like uh, say Vince, you're in the car. I'm gonna get in the car. It's okay. Now you're gonna study how the car works. How when you hear this noise, what's that? Yeah. What makes this like knowing the ins and outs of an automobile? Mm-hmm. And if that's something that you want to pursue, that's good. But you'll be even better at it if you understand how the car works, how yeah. it functions. And when you study in the body, yeah. it gives you a better understanding of not just your own body, mm-hmm. but of the clients you work with. Yeah. And you can pick up on things that people thought that you probably wouldn't notice oh, because yeah. they're not with you all the time. Yep. <laughs> but within that time, you can tell. Like you. The, uh, like the most recent video you put, you said, oh, how can they, you. Uh, don't lie to me yes. about what you eat. Like, <laughs> I'm not your mom. Why are you, why are you lying to me? Uh, because we can tell. I If I was just, uh, if I didn't study um, what I knew and it's just like something I love. Like, okay. Well, I, like, I know I like to work out, so I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to work out and mm-hmm. just tell people. No, I want to know. I want to be able to tell you, uh, give you more so of like a diagnosis. Like, this is what you need to do. Here are why your ailments are the way they are. Because like, most, most of the time, like, when people come to me, their ailments are, like, because of their lifestyle. Yeah. It's not because of... Uh, now, some of them may have other issues, um, but... The majority of my clients have issues that are due to their life that they can change. Yeah. It'll take time, but mm-hmm. they can change it um, if they really want to. So knowing uh, the body in itself, um, especially well, you got to get to know your own body. Yeah, um, that's one thing I had to learn how to listen to. It. And it's a everything is a process um, because you're so accustomed. Uh, I was so accustomed to eating the way I wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, like, training, especially when I was training as an athlete in school, like a student athlete or whatever, I could, I would eat pizza, a slice of pizza once a day, once or twice a day, mm-hmm. and be okay with that because I'm training, I'm moving, like, <clears throat> I don't necessarily have that diet. Um, but as a an adult, like, you don't have that. <laughs> it's not the lifestyle we live. Yeah. Like, so you have to um, listen to your body, and a lot of people um, have the thing where they revert back to what they used to do. Like, mm-hmm. oh, girl, I lost 60 pounds last year, and I could run two miles. I'm like, I'm going to give you one minute to talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> right now, we need the other nine to talk about, like, how we going to solve where you're at right now, because where you were doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. And I say it in a loving way. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to let people know that, like, this is your health. Like, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing nutrition for me. So the body was the main thing. 
um, learning the muscles. I used to love like practicals mm-hmm. in school, like structural kinesiology. They're like, what's this landmark on this bone? Or what's the, what bone is this? What vein is this? I used to love that type of stuff. So that helped me in like, okay, she's not doing that move right. She gonna hurt her back like that. <laughs> like she's definitely gonna test something up. So yeah, it's important. It's definitely important to know your stuff and to because you have to stay in that conversation. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to be in your field and then not you're like you said P ninety what? I'm not doing no P ninety. You don't want to be in your field and not know what's going on. Like yeah. you still have to stay current and oh yeah, I got my bachelor's degree in uh, nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, I got that. Like <laughs> no, you still have to stay current and yeah. So. What would you say, uh, and this is going to one of the questions I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. what would you say of one of the, or probably a few, of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to working out and staying healthy? Mm. Oh, I'm just talking about this. Um, the biggest misconception, I would say, um, is that people feel like exercising and eating means, oh, I got to be in the gym 12 hours a day, and then I got to eat twigs and berries to be healthy. Like, <laughs> that's not how that works. Um, yeah. I always tell people you have to adjust it because this is my lifestyle. So mm-hmm. you, the normal person isn't in the gym, and this is also, I equate it to, which is kind of bad, I equate it to being an alcoholic. So an alcoholic can go into a bar five, six, seven hours and not even realize that they've been there that long. Yeah. That's how I am in the gym. <laughs> I can go in the gym like for hours and find stuff to do because that's my passion. That's just what I love to do. Yeah. The normal person doesn't like they give a good 30, 45. <laughs> yeah. That's all you're getting out of. <laughs> so, so I also had to tell people you have to equate it to your lifestyle. If you know you have a busy lifestyle, then you have to make time to be active. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Like that's for me, that's the biggest misconception. Like, uh, also an- another misconception is that just because uh, you may have body fat or you may jiggle or you may not be like technically society, uh, what society perpetuates as being fit, um, yeah. it means you're unhealthy. Or if you're bigger, that means you're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to like in slavery days. I was just telling him this uh, that. We were all, like, we were bigger. We were mm-hmm. bigger women, like, but we weren't dying of, of lifestyle-related diseases because we were always in the fields working. We were, always, we were always moving mm-hmm. versus now we're dying from being fat. And I, I use fat because, you know, whatever. Yeah. But we're <laughs> literally dying from, from the food that we ingest. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. And you don't want to move because... You eating the fat, like the fat is <laughs> the fat is making you lethargic to where you don't want to go exercise, and then when you when you get up, your bones hurt. I don't want to do this. Um, so yeah, I just I just think nowadays, um, people just have to define what exercise and being healthy is mm-hmm. in their life, because not everybody has the same life. And then it also goes to um, a lady that I work with, used to work with at the Y. She has cancer, so she takes chemo. Um, smaller lady, but she loses weight. Like, she has to fight to keep her muscle mass because she takes chemo. So yeah. it's just like, I can't tell her, oh, you just need to go take, uh, just eat protein or like drink your protein shakes. I can't tell her that because she has other elements in her life. Like, you have to make that fit your lifestyle. Yeah. So, 
Mm-hmm. And make be conscious of it. Like be conscious of what you putting in your mouth. Like most people just okay. I'm hungry now, so I'm just gonna run down the street. Like no one puts thought into what I'm not gonna say that. Most people don't put a thought into it because you know you have to eat to live. Yeah. Like everyone, you're like if you don't have food, well you you can go a substantial amount of time without food, but <laughs> like that. You, you have to eat to live. So people use that um, and like, well, I'm just grabbing a burger. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, which is fine. Anything. Okay. And that's another thing as far as like moderation. Um, yeah. Any, I say in, anything in moderation. It's different types of diets. Um, like it's, it's a diet called uh, If It Fix Your Macros. Uh, so macronutrients are... Uh, fats, carbs, protein. So mm-hmm. if whatever, no matter what you eat, if it fits into those three categories and you're not going over your grams or whatever, then you're fine. And for some people, it works. Like, it's just like the keto diet works for some people. Uh, certain things work for certain people and not everything is going to be for you. Yeah, You just really have to figure out what works for your body. And I know a lot of people don't want to put the time to figure that out at all because we live in an instantaneous society. To like track it, you really like. I don't. I don't look at tracking as a lifelong thing because I listen. I don't even track no more, like Mm -hmm. because I I know my body. Yeah. But starting off, I had to. I had to track um, what I was eating because I would literally just go throughout the day and like, dang, what did I eat this morning? (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what I ate this morning So I, I, that's how I started off But once you learn your body And you know Oh I feel heavy Like mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have ate that chicken sandwich Or I probably shouldn't have like, Once you listen to your body Then I mean, you can pretty much Know not to overindulge in stuff um, And learn it But it's also a process Like you said most people don't want to Take the time to actually listen Yeah so. Now, what would you say about people that are, I wouldn't say blaming as if to like say this is the main reason why, but like they're so neck deep into their career mm-hmm. and it's like their working environment manipulates not just the time that they have to work out, but just the body in general, like sitting at a desk. Oh, yeah. What would be some advice you give people like that who are trying to who do have those positions, mm-hmm. but do want to remain healthy. You know, they don't want to, how can I put it, um, let themselves go. Uh, I would definitely say um, stay moving, keep moving. Uh, most of us have these Apple Watches now where it dings if you're not moving enough. Uh, now, if you can't, like, I used to work <laughs> at a call center. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We couldn't necessarily, for eight hours a day, eight to 12 hours a day, they literally wanted us to sit on the phone. Yeah. Um, so what I used to do is that, especially when it pertains to food, I used to just try to s- snack better and eat better. Uh, that's when you really have to get your schedule down. Like, mm-hmm. okay, even though I know I just ate whatever, my meal, okay, I don't, I don't need this bag of Cheetos. Like, yeah. listen, at call centers, it's all type of snacks. It's like a candy store in there. Um, so it's, it's literally um, being conscious of and adhering to uh, a schedule, uh, mm-hmm. getting water in, like, okay, well, I need to drink this much water by 12, or I need to drink this much water by 
whenever. Uh, as far as moving, at, at any chance, any chance <laughs> that you get, uh, definitely keep moving. Because if you sit in a chair for eight hours, literally, like your your muscles and your your bones are going to basically it's like a bed, like it's going to curve into that into yeah. that in that to that posture. So uh, get moving. As much as you can. If not, even in your chair, you can exercise in your chair where you're just lifting your legs up or like doing squats on your chair. Even though I used to do that when I was at Sightail, I used to do squats while I'm talking on the phone. And <laughs> like, no, I, I, because you're, that's how, that's why you're so tired when you leave. Because you, you're literally, you've been in that lethargic state for hours. Yeah. So now your bones like okay now so now you want to move huh? <laughs> like, no I don't want to move right now so yeah keep get moving um as as much as possible um and then make better conscious deci- decisions of your food um especially snacks because mm-hmm. that's what that's what messes up most people most yeah. people they'll eat a good meal but then I'm like I can't have food gummy worms. Yeah, what you can, <laughs> but then they go overboard and eat the whole bag, and then one bag turns into four, and there we go in a wormhole. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say definitely uh, try to move as much as possible. I actually have an online client like that who mm. that's literally her job. It, she sits at a front desk. She can't move for the whole day, wow. so everything she does has to be at that desk. Um, and like I told her, in between customers or whatever whatever you have to put in that effort yeah like it's gonna be just you you may look crazy you doing lunges three lunges across this cubicle but you doing <laughs> like you're moving so you just really got to put in that effort um if that's that's your lifestyle if you have a sedentary lifestyle and it's funny you mentioned that because some people who are in those positions they're like well what can i do i'm here and i said we'll make um think of an alternative Instead mm-hmm. of taking the elevator, take the stairs. Yeah, yeah. And just drink. I didn't. I never really paid attention to how important it is to drink water. Yes. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just drink the minimum. Was like, is it eight cups? Yeah, it's was like eight. Yeah, eight cups a day. It don't like. Yeah, no. And eight sixteen ounces or something today. The fake. And so you think, okay, as long as I drink this, mm-hmm. I'm good. So I can drink whatever else I want. Yeah, you bet. And as long as I, as long as I eat the salad. For lunch, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want for dinner yeah. and for snacks. And, and that's how most people think. Yeah. Uh, but it's not how life works. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works because you have to. You have to. Some people can do that and be fine, like yeah. truly. Um, but if you know that you're not, like I'm not that person. Um, I know that when I started, um, I would still eat whatever. I would try like the products, the body <laughs> by v, body by V was it like. Um, the only thing about like those types of products is that you have to keep up with this stuff. Like your body gets adjusted to those products, mm-hmm. and then once it gets adjusted to it, like if you can't keep that up, it's literally just going. It's just like, wait, what you doing? Like we've been taking this for months now. Like this is how we feel. <laughs> yeah. So when you don't have it, your body is in like that reversal state. Like okay, so what is it without it? Um, so that's why I don't like promote any. <laughs> if that's your thing, you know, be do you. Uh, but that's why I don't use it, uh, just because I know the effects of. If you can't keep that up, it's just like your body is just 
going into that withdrawal. And I like to eat, so I'd rather spend my money on food. So, yeah, you know. Maintaining an, an acute sense of wellness these days can be very difficult, especially with all these distractions, um, whether you're a parent or uh, a um, full-time worker, athlete. Uh, it doesn't matter what your primary objective is during the day. Uh, we need to focus on our overall wellness. And Laquita um, speaks on that uh, very highly, uh, not just concerning everybody else, but even herself. So uh, as you continue to listen, you know, listen to her experience and uh, understand that we all have a choice and we should continue to pursue the betterment of our being, mind, body and soul. So, yes, please continue to listen to episode 32 of the glory in our stories uh, featuring uh, the awesome Laquita for it do you have uh cheat days uh, you just... i don't necessarily like call them cheat days um i eat in moderation because for the most part like today um i eat pretty healthy well i don't know what did i eat today i don't know <laughs> i don't know i ate some like veggie noodles or something um but yesterday, all I had was um, like fruit, uh, like half cantaloupe, some berries, and that's just how I ate because yeah. it feels good. Now, if I want to eat <laughs> some like a, a turkey wrap or because uh, I don't, if I want to eat some French fries or something like that, I know how to eat it, um, and then my body doesn't accept the amount that it used to. Yeah. So, whereas I used to be able to eat a large fry, I may be able to eat, like, one-fourth of that mm-hmm. now. Just because I get full and then my body's just like, okay, Quita, you tripping. Like, this ain't what we do no more. <laughs> uh, and you also, because I look at it in a, I tell all my clients to look at health and fitness in a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Not just like, okay, I'm going to train with Quita for three months. And after them three months, I'm going to lose weight forever. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, so I tell them to look at it in a spectrum of life because you're going, just make, making healthier choices and you mess up one day, it won't affect your body as it would. You're, you're eating honey buns and mm-hmm. fried chicken all day, every day. It's only going to diminish that. But if you eat a honey bun and like I said, your body isn't going to accept it the same. So you eat that honey bun, but you know, you normally eat healthy. Yeah. Your body's going to be like, Okay. I'm going to take it this time. Don't try it no more. <laughs> like, and just putting it in that spectrum. Like, If you have a bad day, just go back to what you were doing. Yeah. Um, and now I'm saying it with ease now mm-hmm. because that's just how I eat. Now, before, um, yeah, it wasn't like this. I was, I was definitely eating what I wanted to eat. <laughs> I was eating what I wanted to eat uh, throughout the process um, up until last February last February, um, a friend a friend of mine and I were having a conversation about why I was stagnant in my weight or why I would fluctuate because I would always lose ten pounds. I'm like, oh, then I gain fifteen more, and I'm like, what just happened? And he was just like, well, you got to go vegan. I went vegan for a month, February two thousand seventeen, and I just liked the way I felt. Yeah. I I, I chased that feeling versus the food now. Yeah. Um, it's all a choice and 
I don't want to, I hate feeling heavy. So I don't eat a lot of meat now. If I eat meat, it may be seldom. Um, but that's never, like, the feeling, I tell everybody, like, the feeling of me wanting a hamburger doesn't go away. Like, that's <laughs> not going to go away. But I know how that hamburger's going to make me feel. So yeah. I choose the feeling versus the food because that's temporary. Like, I'm going to eat that and feel bad. I'm like, dang, I shouldn't eat that. Like, and mm-hmm. feel bad about myself. So, I'd rather not go through that process. <laughs> like, so, that feeling of, like, dang, I want this hamburger. Like, it doesn't go away, trust me. But, in the same sense, like, be sensible. It's funny you said that because most people that are lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. um, you say that. I, like, you say that feeling of wanting, like, uh, ice cream or yeah. uh, macaroni and cheese. Like, it's still there, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, do I really want to experience the aftermath exactly do I really want to do that now if it's worth it be my guest yeah (laughs) (laughs) if that after is worth it you know hey um but whatever floats your boat I guess and like I said you also have to be conscious of it um because a lot of people aren't even conscious of that they should be eating better Mm -hmm. um they feel like oh I got a chicken wrap from Wendy's which was my favorite (laughs) <laughs> I got a chicken wrap from Wendy's. It had a little lettuce in it. had a little cheese. So I'm all right. <laughs> so people think that's healthier. That's healthier eating. Like, And that's just like, it's, it's it, ignorance, but not in a bad way. Ignorant, ignorance by just not knowing. Like, they just don't know like how to eat better. That's how a lot of people ask me. Like, they just don't know what to eat or how to eat better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all about learning. It's going to be a process. <laughs> Listen, even with me studying it in school, I can I can have all the knowledge in the world, but application is everything. Yeah. Um, if I can apply it, and like, what's the, like, you can have the knowledge, but I need to be able to apply this to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so learn better, people. You know better, you do better. Trust me. <laughs> So, so how was this going back to when you became a mom? Mm-hmm. Like, how was this being in school, mm-hmm. working, maintaining your health, and raising your daughter? It was difficult. It was tough. It was very tough. Um, just because uh, I was a single parent, mm-hmm. 22, 23, still in college, still trying to work mm-hmm. and be in college and be like... This, you know, when you have your first child, well, when you have your first child, you know, you want to be like super mom, super dad. Like, yeah. you want to be, no, I got to be there when she cries. No, I got to. And you want to be there for those moments. But it's also like, I was young and I have the support system. Like, you know my mom. And I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I have that support system. So I was blessed to have that support system with her. Um, but it was very tough because people, especially now, like, throughout the years raising her people would make you feel bad for wanting better for your child as far as health like no if if i don't drink sodas why would i let my child drink exactly if i don't eat eat a lot of meat if i especially like pork beef chicken if i don't eat this stuff why am i feeding it to my daughter like oh you you don't let her be a child like she's been she's (laughs) a-okay right now um, so people people made me, try to make me feel bad about that. Like yeah. even to this day, um, 
It's not that I don't. Okay, let's talk about Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's not that I don't want her to have Kool-Aid, but I just don't make it. Like, I don't drink it anymore. I don't use sugar like that. Yeah. So, when she was about four, we were over um, one, of our, one of my friend's house, and one of my friend's daughters gave her some Kool-Aid, and she came in the living room. She was like, Mom, <laughs> you have to try this juice. It is awesome, Mom. And I was like, it's just Kool-Aid. And I had real, I realized that she had never had Kool-Aid until she was four years old. And I was like, <laughs> okay, my bad. That was a staple in the black household. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you lose a few points with that yeah, one. Yeah, I messed up on that one. Yeah. That was my bad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's yeah. crazy. We, my, our family grew up on it. You know, it's just, yeah. you got to drink it. You got to freeze it. Yeah, everything. Sell it freeze, if you can. It, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's what we used to do. But I didn't. Perfect example. Of course, you've seen. Um, I think it's the first house party mm. when they when they when they, um, they came into the kitchen and he was just pouring the sugar. And oh yeah, just <laughs> that's but, like, that's legit. <laughs> and and that goes to another thing about the black culture the yeah. the lack of ignorance, not in a bad, not in a degrading way, yeah. but just not knowing, not knowing, not knowing. Yeah, and and not being receptive to change. Yeah. Um, because I still live in Thompson. So you can imagine, like, throughout these years, now Thompson is Thompson. Thompson ain't changed. So mm-hmm. me trying to um, fight those urges, um, especially now, people don't realize that food is really an addiction now. Yeah. Like, but people, me trying to fight that, like, I've been raised this way. This is all I've eaten. Pork chop ribs. We cook them every <laughs> every Sunday. Um, so me trying to fight that, and then people, you can have one. You'll be okay. Like me, literally trying to fight that feeling, and people are not. They're just like, ah, oh, you're okay. You'll be all right. You don't have. To, I'm gonna die from something. Is it? Like you gonna die from something? Like no, I'm just really like making an effort to be healthier. Yeah. Um, and still being in that environment, like you really have to change your mentality. It's all mental. Mm-hmm. Like everything is mental. Um, once you change, once I change my mental state and my relationship with food and just exercise, I love to exercise. Like that's no problem. Mm-hmm. But once I change my relationship with food um, into a thing that fuels me versus a thing that I have to have. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, like I just did, I tried. Uh, I had to change it. So I was supposed <laughs> to do this three day water fast, right? Yeah. And the first day, about six, eight hours in, I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, it got to about nine, ten, twelve hours. I'm like, listen, like, and then my friend, he was just like, you expend much more energy than the normal person. You know what? You're right. So I had to end up like eating nuts yeah. or something with that. Um, but uh, to do that, I did. I wanted to do the cleanse just simply because um, I wanted my body to reset itself. Um, mm-hmm. Like sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a break for food. Not like a detox. Like everybody, like the water, tea, and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't need to drink that every day. Like that's not always good for your body. But I wanted it to do it naturally. So that's why I just drank water. I didn't want to put any food or any toxins or anything in my body other than water to clear itself out. Yeah. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you think about these detoxes people you use and lose like 20 pounds in like look five at, minutes? Look at the people that sell them. <laughs> I'll say that. Look at the people that sell them. If they look like their product, then buy it. <laughs> I'll say that. But, you know, like, I, I'm all for what I call sustainable fat loss. Um, mm-hmm. That type of stuff isn't sustainable um, because you're restricting. You're basically like restricting. If 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 it could go two aspects, either they're restricting what they most people when they go on a diet they restrict carbs, they restrict whatever, um, sugar, but they're going to go back to that. Yeah, like you have to change your idea around that. Oh, I can't eat carbs. Oh, I can't eat sugar. Oh, I can't eat like. Eat a, like eat enough for your body for that day to fuel it. Mm-hmm. Like you need carbs. Yeah. Uh, it's just in how you utilize them, and most people don't realize uh, realize that. So once they restrict that and they go into detox, and of course the detox is basically like a laxative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically gonna make you use the bathroom and make you give you a false equivalency of losing weight, yeah. but you really just lost water weight. Like honestly. Now, if you can keep up with those products and be my guest. Like, I have a friend. She actually, we always get into it about these teas. Uh, she sells the tea. Now, it, ha- it has worked for her because she's lost, like, 50, 55 pounds. Mm-hmm. But she's going to have to continue to take those products. Like, it's yeah. three products that she takes. She's going to have to keep on with that until she now when she stops then she'll have to learn how to her, her body will have to learn how to readjust yeah. um to that so i just want to start out of the gate like for my clients i i always tell them and it's always more mostly the younger ones of course it's like the instant gratification but i always tell them like i'm not trying to be the trainer that's trying to give you the quickest results like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's cool but no, I want you to learn how to live, how to be able to eat and enjoy life and exercise mm-hmm. and just be a normal, like that's normal life for me. So I'm like, just be, feel good about yourself within that um, and not have to always, because every year, every, most women or most people in general have, I want to lose 20 pounds. Yeah. Like you should never, you should not always be in that cycle of weight loss. Like for the rest of your life, I just want to lose twenty pounds. I just want to lose twenty pounds. I just want to lose twenty pounds, and then gain forty, and then lose twenty. Like that's a tiring cycle. I got tired of that cycle. I did that cycle. Yeah. <laughs> that's tiring. Like that's just like okay, dang. I used to I, I could run up that hill, but now I just got to stand at the bottom. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So um, once you get tired of it you'll realize that it's, it's a lifelong thing. Like, you don't have to have the quickest results because for what? Like, yeah. What are you doing? And then in three months, once you get comfortable in those results, then you start slacking up on what you're doing. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll go to the gym tomorrow, and tomorrow it will be next Thursday next year. So <laughs> it's just, yeah, doing it for you and, like, lifestyle, like, Bringing in a part of your life. If you got ten kids, go outside and play with them ten kids. Like yeah. that's your that is your exercise <laughs> right there. Like uh, exercise doesn't always have to be in a gym. Yeah. Like you can have an active lifestyle. Like legit. So, um, yeah, food, health, all that good stuff. Just be conscious of it um, in your life. For me. 
So it's, sim- it's that simple for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to people um, concerned about? I'm going to ask you this question and i ask you one more. Okay. We have a couple of more minutes. Um, what would you say to people that are really concerned about genetics? People that say, oh, I can't lose weight because my, my mom, my dad's side of the family, all the big, and that's just something I can't fight no matter how. What I do, it's like I can't lose it. Do you, would you, would you, do you consider uh, genetics to be a hindrance? And if not, like how do you work around it? What would you be your advice to somebody who's struggling with that? I don't know if I call it a hindrance. Uh, it can be, in, in depending upon what those specific genetics are. Like, mm-hmm. if you have sickle cell anemia, like that can be because you have crises. So that can be a hindrance. But as far as like a lifestyle choices, like high blood pressure. High blood pressure, it can be hereditary, Mm -hmm. but that also can be controlled by diet. Like that can literally be controlled by it. So it's a uh, choice. It's a choice in being better, if you understand what I'm saying. Like. Mm -hmm. Genetics are going to play into that. So your your blood pressure may be a little more elevated than the normal person. But if you put in that work to lower it, to make sure it's low, to make sure it's lower than it would be if you just ate Whoppers every day. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure, uh, just those, don't allow that to be an excuse. I'll yeah. say that. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Because a lot of people, what I've discovered, in which I didn't really realize... Um, with people just contacting me about inquiring about training, that a lot of black women have PCOS, which is uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which makes them whole fat. So you see a lot of, especially younger girls, um, and a lot from Thompson, um, they're bigger, like, you're like, wait, she gained a lot of weight, but they have PCOS, um, which is storing literally their body doesn't want to release the fat. So it's not it's not that they're like they want to be that big. like that's just how their body is reacting. So it's yeah. they have to work twice as hard, um, and it really is. It goes into that putting in the work um, aspect. Uh, like if you know that you're going to, I know that I'm gonna have to fight those genetics because my dad, everybody in my family has had some type of high blood pressure, um, cancer. Uh, all type of diseases. So mm-hmm. I don't want that. Like, I don't want that feeling. I don't want, I at least want to take preventative measures. Yeah. I always tell people that you would rather do it by choice than do it by force. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you're forced to like, oh, my doctor said I got to lose 20 pounds or I'm beyond be on uh, blood pressure medicine. Like, that's you're not doing that by choice. You don't want to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Um so I would say to them, keep keep pushing, um, but be conscious. Definitely become more aware of your body um, and how your body reacts to certain things, um, especially foods, because um, we don't realize that even like bodily things, like you eat something and you get gas, or you <laughs> eat something in your body, like it just doesn't settle in your body or you can't digest it well. Like, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be eating that. Like, yeah. don't drink a Coke and burp. Like, that's what most people are doing. Oh, I just need to burp. And they drink a Coke. Like, no. Like, that's not supposed to be in your body. 
um, being aware of that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll make this the uh, last question. Um, okay. Based off where you were from as far back as you can remember up until mm-hmm. now, what would you characterize as, if you can sum it up, mm-hmm. the glory in your story as far as mm-hmm. not being where you used to be? And I was, this is an analogy that this pastor, and I love telling people it because it really blew my mind. His name is uh, Stephen Furtick. Mm-hmm. He used the example of three people, one himself and somebody else. And he said, the distance before you, between where you are and where you want to be, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that's vast. And they're like, I'm never going to get there. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You, but most of us, yeah. But most people forget okay. to look behind them mm-hmm. and um, and say, do you realize how far you've come? Mm-hmm. Like you underestimate that. Yeah. So if you can overcome that, this will be a piece of cake for you. Mm-hmm. So based off That's your true. entire journey, what would you say is the glory in that? And what, what, makes, what wakes you up in the morning and say, yo, I, I gotta, I have to do this. I have to mm-hmm. live this life. Oh man, um, so much. Uh, especially with me being a conscious adult now and thinking back. So I always tell the story of my fitness journey, but it also goes back middle school, elementary school to that little girl that felt that didn't want to say anything because she didn't want to do anything wrong because she didn't want to get picked on or. Um, being 13 and 14 and looking like I'm 18 and mm-hmm. um, just to those different girls in my life um, and to the woman at 23 until the woman I am now um, have been oh man I don't even know how to describe it um, like truly transformational like mm-hmm. wholeheartedly mind, body, soul um, so that's I would say the glory in my story is being able to show people that you don't have to be the status quo and truly be yourself yeah. and truly love what you do. Um, no matter your size, like if you, I'm in the fitness industry. I may not, okay, I jiggle a little bit, but that's fine. Hey. <laughs> uh, but normalizing normal people, like this is how we look mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like. But normalizing, especially women, particularly women, um, being comfortable in their skin and not having to be anything other than yourself to yeah. to fit in. Um, because I can go do CrossFit and I can go do all this, but I'm still in this body. So yeah. I'm just as good as these <laughs> like muscled up girls and all this, but this is who I am. And I'm not going to try to change that. Like. I don't want to have to change. If you're on my social media, then you know that, like, I'm always talking about, like, my arms, and I'm always talking about, like, my pregnancy stuff. Because, of course, when you're pregnant, you get stretch marks, whatever. Being comfortable in that and being able to be like, okay, yeah, I got all this, but I can still run five miles. So I can still just be me. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that, it took 28 years to get to this point, but I've never been comfortable being who I am, like, wholeheartedly. Until up, up until now, that's why I had the confidence to start Thick Fit. 
um, last year, me and my best friend, um, we were just sitting around and he was just like, Quinn, you should start, uh, you should start a business. Now people have been telling me this for years. (laughs) First of all, I am not starting a business. Like this is not what I do. I'm not that person because I'm the person that I'm like the quarterback. So you give me a play. Oh, I'm in there. Like, I'm running the ball. We, we got touchdowns. We got wins. But I never saw myself as that shot caller. Yeah. Um, so, last year, it was just find, seeing the need for normalizing people like me. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to be in the, Like, you don't always have to be in the gym because you want to lose weight. You're in the gym because you want to be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not in the gym because I'm like, I'm not in the gym now. Because I want to lose weight. Like, I'm maintaining. And if you want to lose weight, that's fine. If you want to gain weight, that's fine. Like, whatever you want to do, be comfortable in that. And don't have to, don't feel like you have to explain yourself to people. If you understand what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to always, I brand myself as a plus size trainer because I want to take the stigma away from plus size. Because when people say plus size, they say it in a negative connotation. Like, oh, she plus size. She cute for a plus size girl. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm beautiful for a woman. So <laughs> exactly. that plus size brand, like, back then, a few years ago, I hated it. I hated it. Like, people would say, oh, you, you shop in the plus size section, section and all this good stuff. But now I embrace it because that's who I am. That's who I've always been. Mm-hmm. Um, and embracing that, but also embracing... Being creative, being athletic, being a leader, um, and showing women it's okay. Like most people, most women diminish who they are um, to impress men in the gym. Um, I don't want to run. I used to be that woman. I don't want to run because I don't want my thighs and stuff to jiggle. I don't want like I used to be that woman um, that would not go in, that didn't want to go in the gym because I felt like everybody was looking at me and like. To be honest, people, no one is paying attention. No one really cares. You know, we all in here trying to do the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, the glory in my story is showing women it's okay to not be the status quo and not and, and be yourself in every in every what if you perceive it as a flaw, if you perceive it like be yourself. And don't try to change that because people you think people People want that. Like, no, people want you to be transparent. That's why I'm transparent now. Like, I see that women like that. Women mm-hmm. like, like, she said it. So I, <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. Like, the world doesn't end <laughs> because you are who you are. So, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's amazing how many people have, are, have been waiting and are still waiting for somebody to say what you say mm-hmm. and to be as authentic as you are. Yeah. Because, like, I've been thinking this this whole time, but she actually had the nerve to say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes them know, like, I'm not alone. Yeah, yeah. Know this. You are not alone. People see me now. I hate... It's so crazy because people see me now, and they see the things that I'm able to do in the gym as far as... Because I put the videos up. I wasn't able to do that without practice. I tell mm-hmm. my clients all the time, if you can't do a certain move, okay, we'll modify it until you can do that move. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to better you. Yeah. Um, and the things that I'm able to do today weren't the things that I was able to do a year ago or two years ago. 
Um, so life is about progression, and you should always be challenging yourself to go to greater heights. Okay, I did one push-up today. Let's go for five. Like, <laughs> you're not going to start off running a marathon. You know? yeah. It's fine. Trust me. So the process of, of growing, and I realize that comes with experience, and mm-hmm. you're like, if it doesn't challenge me, what's the point of doing it? You know? Yeah. And I don't mind doing things for fun, but if it's if I'm not advancing, mm-hmm. then it's not really helping me yeah. because it's all about growth. And inner growth, outer growth, if that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you said something, you made a really good point. Uh, losing weight versus staying healthy. And it's the concept of longevity. Yes. And not a lot of us are thinking about that, but it's very important. Like, yes. It's good that you can do what you do now, but how are you going to maintain that? But people don't realize that being healthy is, like, once you focus on health, all the losing weight and looking good stuff, that comes along with it. Like, those are yeah. like bonus add-on benefits <laughs> type of thing. Like, but once you focus on and don't make it so hard for yourself. Don't. Okay. Well, I know I can't eat. Uh, my thing was Red Bulls and things of that nature. Uh, so mm-hmm. don't cold touch yourself. And then when you cold touch yourself for two weeks, then you're going to go that one day and overdo it. Like you restricting yourself from cookies. You're going to eat two rolls of cookies because <laughs> you wanted some, but you didn't have them. Instead yeah. of having that one and being like, okay, I'm satisfied now or two or however many. And being like you're satisfied, but also working that off. Um, so it's life. You're not like you can't look at it like an end date. I'll say that you can't have an end date for exercise and health because mm-hmm. unless well, we don't know, but we don't know <laughs> if you're gonna die tomorrow. But for today, <laughs> you need to be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just focus and stop complicating it. Get out your own head. Change your change your point of view um, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it starts. It starts. It's all mental. It's literally mental. Um, and that's one thing that um the pro- the program that I'm um, developing uh, it it goes into the thing the things that I would have wanted when I was going through like my depression like. You have to have that mental stability. You can't go in the gym if you're depressed. Like, yeah. you you don't have the energy to. Like, physically, people think depression is, um, oh, I'm just sad and I just want to sit in a dark room all day. Like, no. <laughs> I was out. I was in, like, the why. I'm like, anybody that's ever met me can tell you that I'm always joking. I'm always, like, I'm just a sarcastic person anyway. But I went through that depression. You would you would have never known. Um mm-hmm. So it's all mental and having some type of outlet. Um, I'm an extrovert, introvert, so I, I talk to people when I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, you have to have that outlet um, and also feed your mind. Uh, I meditate. I do mm-hmm. other things outside of, that people don't see um, outside of the gym to keep my mind clear uh, I go down to the river walk um, sit at the river literally um, for 30 minutes with no phone and, and like and whatever thoughts come to my mind I just try to clear them and literally have a clear mind so those type of things are what help me um, stay grounded yeah. in this uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, McQueen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, of course. And um, and being open to expressing why you do what you do yeah. and why you will continue to do what you do. I and, enjoyed it. This was fun. <laughs> I like this. And continuing to encourage other people who want to seek uh, a greater sense of wellness um, overall, uh, physically, mentally, uh, psychologically. Um, but I really appreciate um, your input. And um, your energy. Of course. People really need that, especially doing this part of their life, like when they really want to mm-hmm. uh, maintain uh, good health. Um, it's not just physical. It's so many different layers and aspects. Yeah. But having that all that intertwined and working simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be difficult at first, but your life is a living testament that it's, it's worth going through. Definitely. Definitely. It's definitely worth going through. And you are never, uh, to anybody out there, uh, you're never alone. Like, no one is ever alone. You, you're going to have that feeling like, they don't know how I feel. She's been able to do push-ups all her life. <laughs> she eat right every day. Like, no, I have my days. Like, it's life. Um, you're going to have your ups. You're going to have your down. Um, but the thing is to know how to embrace your down. Yeah, more than your ups. I don't. I don't really get too excited about much. Um, but I learn how to uh, make my downs become um, like stepping stones. Mm-hmm. I embrace them, learn from them, and keep it pushing. <laughs> I don't. I don't stress about it because it's life. Um, things are gonna happen, and you're gonna say stuff, and you're gonna do stuff, and it's human nature. Um, as long as you're conscious of that. And, and making a conscious effort to correct that. What what more can you ask for? You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, for those of you who are listening, uh, you've been listening to episode um, thirty-two of the Glory in Our Stories with uh, Laquita Fort. Um, you can look her up on Facebook, Instagram. Are you on Twitter? I I have a Twitter, but I don't. You know, as much. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a, I'm like an old woman in the, like listen Instagram and Facebook I got Instagram uh, at Thick Fit Fitness LLC uh, my Facebook is Laquita Fort but listen I just don't understand the Twitter thing <laughs> if our president can tweet every single day oh that guy is there's terrible. no excuses <laughs> <laughs> that guy has it's not the normal person so. yeah but um uh, Thank you all for listening. Again, this is episode 32 of The Glory in Our Stories with uh, Laquita Fort. Mm-hmm.